Hello and welcome to yet another Games and Junk Game Club. I am your host, John Lucero, and joining me as always are Vanessa Cahill and Jason Ariola. And this month we have a very special guest. Michael, would you care to introduce yourself? I don't know if I call me very special, but I'm Michael Hughes. Yes, uh, Michael Hughes uh, donated $20 to Patreon this month and got and got the great honor of uh, <laughs> podcasting with us <laughs> and, and choosing, the, choosing the game we wanted to play. Well, we, we played. Wanted is a strong term. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, uh, actually, I kind of didn't want to play this for a while. Uh, and that game is ReCore, uh, Capcom's ReCore. It is a, a third person. It's, it's not uh, Capcom. It's not Capcom? No. I know it's Capcom. Oh, I thought it was Capcom. Is it? I would have bet money it was Capcom. I think it's because of the uh, the Heritage conceptualized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whole time I thought. I thought I'm, yeah, I would have bet money this is Capcom. So I know it's in in, in a Fune did it. Yeah, but, this uh, was this was a post departure after his uh, rather uh, public breaking up with Capcom. Mm, yes, uh, I makes I makes me feel better about about this because I, I'm a huge Capcom fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, Recor. If for those that have not played it, it is a third person action adventure game um in the zelda Mega Man legends style of hub and of a hub with open spaces and dungeons and some metroid mixed in as well with some of the abilities you unlock to unlock for other areas uh michael like like i said earlier you picked the game why did you pick record this month that is an excellent question john i would love to have an answer for you it was really just <laughs> Kind of a whim. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, I mean, was talking with Jason. I'm like, oh, we could play this or this or this. I'm like, couldn't make up my mind. So I said, you know what? We're going to play ReCore. I've always wanted to. It was ever since they uh, unveiled it at E3. It's like, wow, that game looks really interesting. And then I got an Xbox One and I started it, played probably the first half hour and then put it down. And I've always wanted to get back to it. And this just seemed like a good excuse to do it, I guess. We'll say when it was being marketed, I was very interested in playing it, and then it came out, and uh, the reviews t- oh told boy. me maybe I'll wait still some other time in my life. And uh, I also didn't have an X. I also didn't have an Xbox at that point, and it was well. Guess it what? It's still the other time is, of your life now. Yeah, yeah and it still <laughs> it's still an Xbox is exclusive. It's on the PC as well, which is mm-hmm. gen- generally how it goes. But uh, with those with their games, so uh, I guess I'll go around the room. Um, I'll start with you, Michael. What do you think overall of ReCore? Uh, you mentioned those reviews. I would say they're kind of spot on. It's got mostly six out of tens. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll emphasize that this is the definitive edition of the game, which is the improved version from the original version of the game. Unless Michael, oh. you might unless you played the non-definitive edition version, which you could have. You... I, I played it on Steam, so it's probably the oh well, Game Pass, so it's probably the definitive. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely the definitive. That's the version anyway. we all played. Yes. Anyway, sorry for cutting you off. Go ahead. Now that makes me wonder what they improved because it's still. It's still really know. rough around the edges. I have a general idea of what they improved. Is it improved uh, or added on? Yeah, or finished. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> it, it could have used even more time in the oven. Yeah, yeah. Um, Vanessa, how do you how do you feel about it overall? I didn't care for this one. It was like a I and so Michael background for you. I love games where I collect shit. I can collect the crap out of the world. <laughs> This game did not do it for me. I was joking with um, Jason and John that if I have to like go find another set of um, cell bots, I was going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. That's throughout the entire game. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. 
Yeah, generally yeah. not not a huge fan. Mostly it's like a uh, too much too much stuff um, happening at once for me to like get a good feel for how it's supposed to be. I think maybe if I played more of it, I got got pretty stuck at one point and then stopped. Um, maybe I would have figured it out by the end. Um, Jason, how about yourself? I I would like to uh, counterpoint there, Vanessa. You did say on the last. Uh, I, one of the last episodes we recorded together that uh, Banjo Kazooie maybe uh, kind of has brushed you off from the collectathon things. Well, mm. <laughs> well, well mm. so not necessarily like that. The collection of Banjo Kazooie, but uh-huh. like just the vibe. Like, it was Banjo Tooie actually. I oh, loved okay. Banjo Kazooie mm-hmm. and the collecting of notes, but like uh-huh. too many things happening in Banjo Banjo Tooie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you play Crackdown, Vanessa? Um, no, I've never played that. I think, I think you might like Crackdown. <laughs> anyway, do, Jason. I get, do I get to collect, collect a bunch of stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's real good. The collecting that game is real good. Anyway, Jason, what do you think of ReCore overall? Um, pretty pretty spot on with uh, what Michael thought as far as just it being sort of average. I could have definitely used a little more time in the oven. And um, oh boy, there's just something about this thing. I we'll, we'll get into it a little bit deeper. But for me, I was more angry at this game game for some of the ideas that it had that it just didn't flesh out very well because it just felt like it was just trying to shove too much shit in the oven all mm. at once and didn't really bake everything to completion like you could have like pulled a bunch of stuff out of here and I think you would have had a more solid game especially um this game really did not need to be open world I, I would have been just fine no. with like jumping from hub to hub and not needing to walk and 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 walk yeah yeah I agree with that and uh, Michael you don't want out of us that completed the game correct <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I like. I got to the moment. I got to the the big the big reveal of how you how this game how you get to the end of this game, and that's where I stopped. But oh um, yeah, and I was it, it was a design choice, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, as for myself, uh, I can, I'm pretty much on board with most with pretty much everyone here. And I there was some there was a like a two hour window in this game where I was really enjoying it. I was having a pretty good time. I think it's in the second area. Uh, I did a couple of the optional dungeons. I, I enjoyed myself with those. But overall, it just like this game just keeps adding stuff onto itself, and it didn't need to. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that more uh, once we get to that section of this whole podcast that we do. Um, but for then, it's uh, I'm also with Jason in that it's just kind of irritating because this game could have been pretty good if it. Uh, if it knew when to stop. There is a, if you will, <laughs> yeah. core of a good game yeah. here that yeah. just they, yeah. oh, they just uh, kept piling crap onto that I was like, okay, this is, okay. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. That was, yeah. you really, really, really got to the root of the issue there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really Anyway, my uh, my shoulder's killing me, so I didn't bother trying to uh, go through yes. the other arm. But yeah, yes. you know, it, it, ostensibly it is. As, and listeners should understand that this man is going through a lot just to get bring you this this science. 
and uh, I would love for you to regale us with tales of science, Jason. What, what, have, what tales of, re, tell of, of Recore's development history, if you will. All right. Well, it released September 13th, 2016 on both the Xbox One and Windows in North America and Australia, and on the 15th in Japan and 16th in Europe. So, you know, within three days of each other or four days of each other. Uh, this game was not developed by Capcom. It was developed by Comcept, Armature, and Asobo, uh, with each studio given uh, the work that they specialized in. It would take about two years to get the game launched from when development started in early 2014. So we're going to go over the studios now, kind of individually, and then I'll go over some of the key figures in the game, because there are some... Um, well, there's one in particular of note that we've covered before on a game club that... Um, yeah, the, Hasn't had a great history since he left Capcom and talked a lot of shit about Capcom's uh, lack of creativity. So, concept, oh, nothing but bangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, every, remember every single one of them. Anyway, uh, the first studio is Armature. Uh, they are an American studio that was formed by former retro studio directors Mark Bassini and Todd Keller in September of 2008. They dealt mostly with the technical assets for ReCore. On top of developing some original games, they also worked on ports of games. Some of the major titles they worked on were the Vita version of Metal Gear Solid HD Collection. Batman Arkham Origins Blackgate, ReCore, uh, Borderlands, The Handsome Collection for PS4 and Xbox One, Fortnite, Bayonetta, and Vanquish 10th Anniversary Collection. Oh, yeah. And also, the more, most recent thing they've done is Resident Evil 4 on the Oculus. Now, if uh, Retro Studio sounds familiar, that is because they are the studio behind the Metroid Prime trilogy and um, are currently working on uh, Metroid Prime 4, which is totally not vaporware and is totally in the hopper and being worked on <laughs> and will totally come out before the Switch 2 hits. It's coming out. Yeah, sure. Allegedly. Yeah. It's coming out next year. Sure. Guaranteed. Okay. Guaranteed. Okay. I was, I was reading an article this year that's like, games coming out this year, and it was like very speculative, though, and maybe Metroid Prime 4. And I'm like, this is this is a trash article. Why did I waste my time? Yeah. <laughs> Given when they said they had to, like, they were hiring people to kind of redo it, there's no way. I don't think there's any way in hell this thing comes out this year. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this year absolutely not. I'm, uh, but next year, I'm, I think it's coming out next. Oh, year. Oh okay, maybe by the end of next year. Sure, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll give you that. Holiday season, 2023. Yeah, Look forward uh, to it. Yeah, tw- 2023 Metroid Prime Four is coming out. Book it. And they might as well save it for 2024 and get that free marketing with the four. Uh, no. You're right. That, is, that would be good. Yeah. But, you know, Nintendo marketing sometimes is a little off. But anyway, so, all right. The next developer is Comcept. They are a Japanese studio that was formed in December of 2010 by KJ Inafune. Uh, More on him in a little bit here. After his departure from Capcom, after the cancellation of Mega Man Legends 3. Uh, Comcept handled the bulk of the creative side of ReCore, dealing mostly with the world, characters, and story. Uh, Since their founding, they've been largely a support development studio, with their first project being The Island of Dr. Momo, a free-to-play smartphone game. Some of the more notable titles that they've worked on are Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z. Uh, again, again, this is th- these are the notable titles they've worked on. So, uh, <laughs> Mighty Number no. Nine and Recore. Wow. Yeah, uh, they were acquired by Level Five in 2017, becoming Level Five Concept. And the one game they've developed, Dragons and Colonies, since then um, on smartphones, released June of 2019, and then was promptly shut down February of 2020. Ooh. Can't wait for the next game, which is Red Ash <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. That is totally coming out. Uh-huh. Totally. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, that anime, any day now. Uh, let's see, the third studio that worked on this is Asobo Studio. Um, they are a French developer that was formed in 2002. They helped with the creation of the world and the enemies in Recore. Asobo also has quite a few titles under their belts with quite a few games based on Pixar movies. More recently, they've worked on Disneyland Adventures, The Crew 2, A Plague Tale Innocence, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. They are currently working on a sequel to A Plague Tale, this one subtitled Requiem. Now, I mentioned KJ Unifune a little while ago, and uh, now we're going to dig into him a little bit. Now, I don't want to say I copy and pasted, but I sort of copy and pasted a lot of the notes from Mega Man X, because, you know, why do <laughs> yeah. the research twice when I've already done the research again <laughs> once? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the executive producer on Recore. Um, he's a well-known person in the game industry, started his career uh, with Capcom back in 1987, working as an artist and illustrator for Street Fighter 1 and Mega Man. He's often credited as the father of Mega Man, uh, but his role was more creating an illustration based on the already completed Mega Man character sprite. After that, he would work on an insane amount of Mega Man games in varying roles. He'd also work on DuckTales, The Art of the First Breath of Fire, the Onomusha series, Zack and Wiki, Quest for Barbarossa's Treasure, Apollo Justice, the first Miles Edgeworth game, Lost Planet 1 and 2, The Dead Wife in Your Bionic Hot Dog Arm, Bionic Commando, Ghost Trick, and the first two Dead Rising games during his 23 years with Capcom. In late 2010, uh, Inafune left Capcom after a rather public disgruntled speech about the state of Japanese games to form Concept and Intercept. He felt like Japanese games needed uh, some serious revitalizing to keep up with more re recent Western releases and wanted to have more creative control to help him do so. So with that, he would go on to work on Gunvolt, a series more than a little similar to Mega Man, and ReCore, which uh, bears more than a few similarities to Mega Man Legends with a whole lot of extra fluff added to it without a lot of the charm and personality that Mega Man Legends has. It plays better than Mega Man Legends. So, yeah, Mega Man know. Legends was also developed um, yeah. prior to yeah. the dual analog stick, so... <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> trying, to, trying to give it something here. Yeah, yeah, it's just maybe a little... Like I said, it just it, uh, it lacks that same personality as Mega Man Legends mm -hmm. does. But anyway, mm -hmm. the next person is the game director from Armature, Mark Bassini. He was one of the founders of Armature, and after graduating from the Rochester Institute of Technology, he started his career working on NHL Breakaway 99, an acclaimed game, as the project manager and one of the artists. He would join Retro Studios as the lead designer on Metroid Prime. He'd also work on Prime 2 and 3 as the game director on both titles. Since founding Armature, he's worked on Batman Arkham Origins Blackgate, ReCore, and Dead Star. Next up is Todd Keller, the art director for Armature, and another founder of that studio as well. His first game he worked on was World Driver Championship from Boss Game Studios for the Nintendo 64 as the lead artist. Such humble beginnings for some of these people. <laughs> uh, after, yeah, exactly. I mean, after that, uh, he would move over to Retro, work on the Metroid Prime trilogy as lead artist on 1 and 2, and the art director on 3. Uh, since joining Armature, he's worked on Batman Arkham Origins Blackgate, Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary, ReCore, Dead Star, Halo 4, and Resident Evil 4. I bet. Pretty good. Pretty Halo and uh, Resident Evil 4 are great. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you know, the Halo uh, Combat Evolved Anniversary thing was pretty popular and kind of reintroduced that series to a whole new, not generation, but a, at least a new generation of consoles. So. Yeah. I'm just going to assume he's the guy that made the, the button to switch between graphics. That, that was the guy that did that. I'm going to just assume that was him. Sure. Sure. We'll say that. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> no way to disprove it at the moment. So. All right. And uh, David, now this is a French name, so I'm hoping I'm getting the right or pronunciation on it. I listened to an interview with him, but he said it so quickly and it was over crowd noise. It was a little hard to get, but it's uh Deden. He handled creative direction for a Sobo studios version of this game or the work that they did on it. He started his career in 1998 by working on the level lighting for the PlayStation one game, the fifth element. 
Again, humble, humble beginnings here. Mm, uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> when they declared <laughs> bankruptcy in 2002, he joined the newly formed Asobo and worked on a lot of different titles for them in a variety of design and creative roles. In 2019, his uh, big break would be the lead creative director on A Play Tale, Innocence. He is also the creative director on the relaunch with a nearly 14-year gap between releases. I think it's fair to call it uh, call it that. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Next up is Masahiro Yasuma. He is the game director on the concept side of things. He worked on a fair number of Capcom games before leaving to join Inafume over at Concept. Some of the more notable games, and relevant to this one, he worked on during his time at Capcom are Mega Man Legends, The Misadventures of Tron Bon, Mega Man Battle Chase, uh, Uncomfortable Tank Controls equals Uncomfortable Mascot Racer, or uh, Mascot Cart Racer, which... I thought yeah. that was the name of a game for a second. No, no, no. I, no, like, no. <laughs> I would have respected that, honestly. That yeah, good. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the uncomfortable <laughs> cart racing and the uncomfortable... Uh, did any of you guys get the uh, the tank riding thing that you had to get? Or uh, Yeah, Michael, you obviously got it, right? Yeah, the, the, the tank bot? Yeah. Yeah, I got that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was... Uh, that was added in the definitive edition. That was not yeah. originally in the game. Mm. That felt like a tag on. It's a companion. I got. I could have had a tank. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's basically really, just a really, scooter. It's like a shitty Mario Kart. Yeah. <laughs> think of it. Think of it like a motorized uh, Razor scooter, and that's about the yeah. gist of what you got. A, mo- a moped. Yeah. I think that was the working name for Battle and Chase: shitty Mario Kart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, all right. Uh, he also worked on the six mainline battle or Mega Man Battle Network games, the three Mega Man Star Force games, and oddly, nearly right smack in the middle of his time with Capcom, he was also uh, has a credit with Konami, uh, that being the development uh, cooper or yeah, development cooperation for Boktai Two. And as near as I can tell, Recore is the last game he's worked on. I checked all of my usual resources, including fan pages, and found nothing else since Recore Two launched in 2016. So. Um, did he just hang his head in shame and walked out of the industry? Uh, I guess we will just never know unless he happens to pop back up doing something else. Uh, Joseph Staten, next person, is the senior creative director and lead writer uh, on the Microsoft side of things for this because Microsoft was the publisher for this game. Uh, he's definitely had one of the more wild rides in his career out of everyone we've talked about. Uh, he went to Northwestern University to study to become a professional actor. Uh, realizing he might not be leading man material, he ended up getting a Bachelor of Science degree in Communication and in International Studies. He'd also end up with a Master of Arts degree in International Relations from the University of Chicago, which led him into game writing somehow, but yeah. Uh, He tried to get into the CIA and was rejected, prompting him to move back to California and help with his family's winery. He finally landed in the games industry with a job at Bungie in 1998. While with Bungie, he would work on the first two Halo games and the cinematic direction and the writing in varying capacities for Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, and Halo Reach. He ended up writing the fifth Halo novel, Contact Harvest. Uh, he would leave Bungie sometime in 2013 during the development of Destiny, where he was working as the writer and design director. Following his departure from Bungie, Staten would move over to Xbox Game Studios in early 2014. Since then, he's worked on the writing for Quantum Break and Killer Instinct, as well as the creative director of Quantum Break, State of Decay 2, Crackdown 3, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition, Tell Me Why, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, through all or through all of that, he would write another Halo novel, uh, Shadow of Intent, as well as becoming the head of creative for Halo Infinite, the most recent entry in the series. So uh, definitely went from like, uh, you know, kind of like, um, I would say like not middle management, but, you know, like two thirds of the way up the ladder to the very head of the Halo, of the most recent Halo game. Wow. Uh, quite the come up. Yeah. I mean, like you said, we all got to start somewhere, right? So, mm-hmm. all right. And finally, we are wrapping up with uh, Chad Seiter, who is the composer on this one. He studied music composition at Grand Valley State University in Michigan until 2003, leaving there to go to Los Angeles. He started working with uh, Michael Giacchino, a composer on a ton of movies, uh, quite a few Pixar movies, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, Rogue One, the new Spider-Man movies, and the Jurassic World movies. 
Um, some of his TV credits are Alias, Lost, and the first season of Fringe for a musical composition, and a fair bit of video game compositions, including Mickey Mania, a few Jurassic Park games, some Disney and Pixar games, and a lot of Medal of Honor games. And uh, by I mean a lot, I mean a whole hell of a lot. It was not worth listing because it was like, oh, geez, that's nearly every one of them, it looks like. So, yeah, just... Uh, Picture like 90% of the Metal Honor games, and he's working on the soundtrack for them. Uh, but yeah, definitely set, uh, sounds like someone that was uh, good to learn under from the looks of it. Uh, Chad would work on Call of Duty Finest Hour, The Incredibles, Alias, Gears of War, Ratatouille, Speed Racer, Turning Point, Fall of Liberty, and Fracture with Michael. And finally, Chad's game credits on his own, or not just on his own, but his more, let's say, lead credits on those include Lost Via Domus, Star Trek DAC, Star Trek the Co-op Shooter, based on the J.J. Abrams movie, The Long Dark, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, and Jump Force, the uh, now delisted uh, Bandai Namco, uh, mm. like, Shonen Jump fighting thing. <laughs> so, yeah. And that, my dear listeners and my dear podcast hosts, is everything I could dig up about ReCore. <laughs> impressive Jason always impressive mm-hmm. very much. thorough um what was your favorite thing you found out when you were doing that uh, probably idea? probably this Joseph Staten guy just like yeah. all of the random shit that he went through to get to um to get there I mean you know like working on his family winery getting rejected by the CIA like and then he's like <laughs> you know then in charge of Halo basically it's like man that's a that's a hell of a comeuppance it's like yeah just like flubbed it flubbed it flubbed it and then just like oh hey I'm on top of the world with one of the biggest gaming franchises in the world yeah Infinite's very good too yeah so. must be how he got the job at Bungie they're like well, what can you bring to the company it's like well my, my family owns a winery <laughs> you bring yeah. the wine you're hired buddy yeah, <laughs> yeah with, that, with all the delays they had to do for halo infinite they need a lot they probably needed a lot of wine um it's because it, <laughs> it was a uh, boy all right thank you jason yet again um for doing the heavy lifting on this show <laughs> uh all with one arm guys. too yeah with all, all with one arm Yes. You're like that, you're like that one character lady on the water a very very specific reference and uh I think it's M. Night Shyamalan himself and he just works out one arm the entire time so he has one gigantic arm <laughs> oh. that movie's that movie's terrible <laughs> it's uh you, you, so, you, you don't say it M. Yeah. Night Shyamalan movie that's yeah. not good surprise of surprises <laughs> yeah so guys recore 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 um wait my boss said actually... recore come on oh recore sorry yeah, there you go you. <laughs> join, join it man <laughs> yeah Oh, Vanessa, the uh, I know you have a re- you have some, you have some feelings about the what was it called the, the pulling mechanic was it, it was the actual Ooh, actually I, I got I got very good at extraction later extraction, on yes I never had too much trouble with it um, did anyone it, 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 I think and then it it was kind of cool in that okay for people that haven't played extraction is the robots in this in this universe the uh, the recore verse. Have, are core are powered by cores, and if you damage a robot enough, you can pull out its core. In a really in a really weird tug of war mini game that um, is kind of explained poorly initially, 
But once you get the hang of it, I just thought it was pretty easy, and it does a um, like area of effect move on stuff. So it's a it was really useful for combat. I'm trying to think of things I like about this game. First of all, <laughs> I'm trying to go kind of open positively. I knew Vanessa was had a lot of complaints about this, but I'm glad she she uh, found her way eventually. How far did you get? I, well, Vanessa? I, I agree with you. Well, not too far, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you that like if they'd explained it a little bit better, like uh, that like when they're pulling, there's a red dot. When you're pulling, it's a yellow dot. Don't pull when they've got a red dot; otherwise, your string breaks. Oh, but you can um, pull until it turns white. Start splashing white and red, basically. Red is yeah, just sort of the so, warning phase of it. Yeah, sometimes you can just pull th- right through the red. And mm-hmm. um, if you're close enough, which is, re- again, not explained very well. No, also, or some, at all. Some, also, some stronger enemies will try to electrocute you while you're doing it. Um, I never got that far. Yeah. All, yeah. all they had to do was say that it's exactly like every fishing minigame in the PS1 and N64 era. It's the exact same mechanics. And I do like fishing mini games in most games, so I I I mostly enjoyed this thing. It's funny because uh, this ties into the first time it's in- introduced. I think is the first time you fight like a uh, a bigger enemy in a in in a room. You go into a room, and you have to fight this dude. Oh, well, I go into the room and he charges me and hits me, and not I get a knockback from it, and I get knocked back through the door I had just come through. Like I I clipped through the through the door. <laughs> and had to restart the entire level afterwards. Oh, fun! Get good back stuff. In. Oh, so that's, uh, that was my initial impression of this game. Mm. So that's, that's, that's a good start. Yeah, uh, bodes Jason, well. What, Jason, what was the moment when you realized you didn't like this game? <laughs> <laughs> One moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Like honestly, like I, I think it was just Michael and I were chatting back and forth on Twitter quite a bit about this, and I. For me, it was just the more layers they added on it. Like I said, it, it there there is the the glimpses of a really not really good game, but like a really good game in here, and they just kept piling shit on instead of just really like hammering down on what worked. And instead, they just kept like doubling down on like more shit, more shit, more shit, more shit. And that where and that's kind of where I landed. Where I was like, I don't know that I I don't hate this game. I don't love it, but I, I I'm sort of like in the middle of like, yeah, this is there's something here. It's just it's just not quite there. And that for me is like it wasn't a specific moment. It was just the realization of when they started piling more and more stuff on that. I was like, Ugh, this is there's just too much going on with this game. Yeah, there's multiple moments in this game where I think if they had just said, let's save it for the sequel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think if they had just gone with that mindset, if we get a chance to make another one, we'll do all this. We'll do all these We'll add these things onto it, but doing it all in one game clearly was above their pay grade because the the, the game doesn't run super well, even in the new definitive edition. And when you're you're just constantly getting new mechanics, and it's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Michael, you finished the game. <laughs> did did it did it ever like was at the end of it? Were you satisfied? Like, how do you feel after 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 actually beating it? I kind of feel like I assume how people feel when they beat Dark Souls games because it's just such a slog <laughs> to get through. And beating that the final time you fight Victor is felt really satisfying, but it's more like I overcome this oh, you middling fight him again. kind you of shitty game. Yeah, fight him oh, again. Yeah, you, you fight mm-hmm. him twice. Yeah, oh, uh, awesome. That's good. Good. That's what, um, the the first. I know. I know, Jason. That's that's where you you tapped out in the very first Victor fight. Yeah, yeah, I tried like three or four different days uh, just and just was like, nope, I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I, can't do I, this. I I tapped out about 30 seconds after that fight. <laughs> um when I walked up <laughs> oh, when when this game after you beat Victor like it's there's all of a sudden like the planet's exploding or something. Something's some bad shit's going down 
and it's like we gotta hurry up and get to the, t- to the top of the tower or whatever and you no and, no and tower like, <laughs> and it's like it's like you know there's all this momentum you know plot wise and you run up there and you're gonna go into the tower and then it says you need 30 prismatic cores to get inside the tower and uh yeah which yeah, the the prismatic cores are basically stars from mario 64 yeah, and they're so many yeah shines stars whatever you want to call them you need 30 of those and if you are mainlining more or less it takes about four or five hours probably to get to that point in the game if you uh, don't do much side stuff mm-hmm. and it's just at that point you're just like oh they wanted to pad this <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> these guys loved wind waker i see mm. um <laughs> the problem is wind waker is a much better game than this and it was more for, more forgivable and very charming that. yes mm-hmm. yeah see so this is where i'm at guys i'm just having a lot of trouble like finding stuff to talk about with this game really because it's how many how many cores did you have at that moment when 20... it told you you need 30 did i have 18 i ended with 20 21 or 23 one of those two I... numbers I was yeah. right there with you. I had 17. I was like, yeah. are you serious? Yeah, I think I had 18 and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, fun fact. I was reading through definitive edition editions. One of them is uh, that they changed the um, the P core requirement as this list requires <laughs> prefers them your P cores mm-hmm. um, mm. to a single value for the E tower. Um, so apparently what? you might you you might uh, initially in the game you needed to do this you need to have more cores for each se- i don't know i didn't do it michael you might is are there different sections to the final dungeon i guess more or less and they're oh, like, yeah there there are five floors after that door that you have so, to go through so based Oof. on this note i would assume that you needed a certain number of prismatic cores for each floor of the dungeon is what I'm i was yeah. terrified after i got 30 <laughs> and i got through that yeah. first floor i'm like do not have another requirement i'm gonna be done and luckily enough they didn't yeah and initially the game had up to minute long load times um that we, we played the defend edition which did not but i just can't i just can't, i can't imagine how we feel about this game if we played it the first time <laughs> when it came out because and they also added the tank bot like i said which was supposed supposed to be in the final game but they could not add it in time for release and <laughs> well from what i read the final dungeon would have been much harder without that michael can you confirm this is it is a tank bot useful in the final dungeon at all or is it like i think i use so do we want to get into the final tower yeah i just i want to hear i want to hear about this because yeah actually, yeah, the, yeah the rest of us are not going to get it there obviously yeah. <laughs> actually actually I'll, I'll ask everyone else. do you want to talk about the final tower first or talk about uh the core bot system because those are two things i feel like they're worth talking about in here um is, or do you want to hear michael regale us about the final tower actually michael regale us let's do this okay. yeah yeah <laughs> The tower is comprised of five floors, and each one of them basically takes the floodless levels from Mario Sunshine and shoves them into a locker because <laughs> it's just insane platforming where you're dodging lasers and disappearing platforms and, like, yeah. nothing yeah, you've okay. done up to this point of the game. It was very, very strange. But uh, luckily, Joel, I don't know we really talked about Joel yet. Joel's no, your main we character. Haven't the main we, character. We, we, we haven't talked about the plot at all, but uh, <laughs> I'll get to it eventually. It's, she's a it's, it's she's very slight. Young Joanna Dark. But <laughs> luckily she controls well enough. You get a double jump and an air dash or just a normal dash. But uh, the, the platforming is insane during those. And then they throw in a little combat 
areas, arenas every so often, and it's just more of the same combat you've been doing the whole game. But each floor gets adds more and more crap, and it's crazy. Cool. I'm glad. I'm, I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. I'm excited I didn't you, do it now. You, you missed it's, out for sure. <laughs> that sounds like a good time. Vanessa, what's the what's the plot of this game? Please, I want to hear what you what you think the plot of this game <laughs> is. I'll just say this. Oh, no. um, okay, we're we're a weird jewel. And yeah. we are in charge of um I thought you said weird this. jewel at first. Uh... <laughs> weird jewel. <laughs> we, I control jewel. I am jewel. Um, <laughs> I'm in charge of terraforming. I'm like a, a unit of terraformers on this like desert planet. Mm-hmm. And something something has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And I first I have to collect a bunch of stuff and figure out how to fix it. And maybe we can still save the world. Is that it? Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I, it was fun. I was reading the when I was trying to figure out how much time I had in the game left um, from where where, uh, where I was at right before the Victor fight, the first Victor fight. Um, I read the Wikipedia thing to like get the plot summary to figure out how much plot was left in the game. And up to that first Victor fight, I think there's like three paragraphs, and there's like two sentences left in that whole summary after when you get to the Victor <laughs> fight. <laughs> so it's uh, it's not a lot. Uh, it, the robot Jewel and company, all the people that went to terraform this planet, uh, everyone but her is murdered by robots. The robots turned, Victor turned the robots against them and they blew up all the ships in space and killed everyone. Is that, is that what happened? Yeah, everyone died. It's yeah. pretty dark. Wow. It's pretty fucked That's up. Really, yeah. really sad. It, it <laughs> does a uh, very, yeah. uh, uh, obvious job of telegraphing that to you because you're, you know, you're getting all these like sweet messages from your dad. And there's yeah. no other people except the one person that's there. And you're like, okay, clearly everybody's dead. Yeah, I did not get that, guys. What did you think? Of, what do you guys think of the exposition from the dad randomly throughout the game? Oh. <laughs> Michael, you want? Do, do you want to? Do you want to fill me in as to uh, one of our chief complaints there with uh, uh, like you know just some of the audio logs and also uh, yeah the overlapping. My favorite thing, yeah, my favorite thing about the audio log is if you pick one up and then go to a cutscene, it will continue oh, to play yeah. the audio log while the characters oh, yeah, are talking. <laughs> Which is really fun to me. Go one of Violet's and it's just gibberish. Like, come on. And oh yeah, the Violet ones. And on from my perspective, I'm playing. You know, I was playing this on my uh, Series X, and there's HDR that got added to this game later. And with the HDR, the subtitles are very hard to read against the white sand. So if you're sitting there going through the sand and Violet's talking, it is nigh impossible. You just get occasionally like, Victor! I'm like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. yeah I had a, I had a big beef with the subtitles because I had them on also, and it's like, what is the point of having subtitles on if you're going to make the background of the subtitles so light that I can't read the subtitles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are definitely some accessibility issues with just that stuff alone. Yeah, and then the uh, the the performances of some of those audio logs are uh, questionable. I would say. <laughs> I, I would say speaking of the sand, all of that, it is an open world, but the entire world is desert. Yeah, there's not a lot of visual variety in this game. How did the game run for you guys, by the way? I, I, I ran good it. for me. I didn't run into any real hiccups or yeah. anything. I mean, I, I had the occasional yeah. thing where it just was like, you know, I, I got like I air dashed into something and it just got stuck for a second or two and then it dislodged me. But for the most part, like I didn't really run into any like like mm. major hangups. The only bug I kept running into was uh, when you get hit with the debuff that makes you move slower, I would get stuck in it. You know what? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yep, yep, that happened to me too. That, ha- that happened to me during the Victor fight. Yep, I me too. And actually, in the one I in the time I won it, that happened to me too. I don't. 
I just, wow. I was just jumping like crazy. <laughs> I was like, and then launch, and then using my core bots as much as I possibly could. But um, yeah, the closest yeah, I got was... to beating Victor, that was what happened too. So I don't know if there's something with that, with like you're supposed to be just jumping constantly, maybe. <laughs> that... Yeah, maybe. <sighs> I, was, I did a lot. It was a lot of jumping. Um, yeah, it ran. I played. I actually d- tried it on the One S initially. Um, I don't have. I don't have a, a better Xbox than that. And. Uh, Fidelity was a little off for me. I don't know. It looked a little like it didn't look very crisp. And then I switched over to the PC with the cool like I can pl- play anywhere feature that Xbox games have, which mm-hmm. and it, it cloud saves. And I just loaded up right away, and it ran for me much better on here. So yeah, it's um it 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 looks okay, and I it could be I don't know. It's just the desert like the different regions just don't have any like personality to them. No, at all. it is literally just the same desert everywhere you go. Yeah, and I, you, it's like a, my, my, I love going to new areas in games because I like seeing the the art that the people made. Mm-hmm. I want to see what they what they came up with, and it's just okay. Oh, it's just this is just the big the bigger desert I see. Okay, <laughs> and uh, yeah, somebody wandered oh, around Nevada a lot or something. Yeah, this one, oh, this one, this one has the flying robots in it, and uh, this one has all the dogs everywhere, and yeah, it's just. It was bland. So I guess the biggest part of this game, other than you know the pulling core, extracting cores, is the core bots. Your little, your little buds. Your uh, the dog Mac, the the spider Seth, the ape Duncan. <laughs> it took me a second for that one. Uh, and then is that is that is that it? Is there only three names? There's yeah. only three names. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. when, which is which I'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> why that's the why? Because you also get a tank and a flying one, a flyer. <laughs> so, it's like yeah. FL one ER or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. all their all their uh, designators are like elite speak effectively. Animal, nearly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, animal, yep. animal, <laughs> animal puns. When I had Mac and Seth, I think I think as soon as like this, when I got Seth was the point of the game when it was really the game really worked for me. I don't know. There was. Swapping back and forth between Mac and Seth and combat was was fun fun enough. I think the combat is not uh, the the auto aim is is nice and the dash is decent. So I, I was having a pretty good time with combat. And then I had those two. So like, and you can swap between um, core uh, your core bots kind of quickly. It's a little. I wish it was a little faster. But um, and then you're just firing off their special move, basically, and then switching to the next one, doing it again. And it's a good, it had it had a good flow to the combat. Um, so I was I was enjoying myself well enough at that point. And then you get the third one. Not necessarily anything against the third one. I used him well. I used him pretty frequently after that. But that's when the game tells you you can only have two at the same time, which seems real dumb. It's oh, real dumb because Wait, you can it, only you can only carry two core. You you can't just no. Fluid. Yeah, you can't no, just you, you can't just double tap Y one more time. Nope, you have no. to. You, you can only have two, and that's not even the worst part. We haven't even got to, I haven't got to the worst uh, part of the, yeah. of the system. Uh, you can only carry two, and it's a it, it has Metroid element in this game of where you're you get abilities and you can you use or it's Zelda. It's more Zelda. It's like getting an item, and now you can do other stuff in the game. You can get to other areas, um, and so you can't carry. Um, you basically don't have access to certain things unless you go back to a your the fucking fast travel station or whatever. To you're like, oh, I I can't go here. I got to go all the way back to the the fast travel thing, and then come back and do this. 
if I want to, if I want to explore this area instead of just having the core bot with me or even, you know, even if you could only carry two on, if they just gave you the option to use their ability whenever you wanted, like if you needed to like do something with them, you could just like press the button to use their ability. Like they wouldn't be with you, but you could do their, their thing they could assist you with. Like kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, the, the Pokemon moves you use to like for cut and like bring breaking rocks and stuff. Yeah, the hidden machines. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that they they added that later on in in later games where you can just use them. Um, that was nice. That was a nice yeah. thing that they added to those later games. Yeah, that was uh, yes. that was definitely like one of the smartest things they did when they did that in Sun and Moon. Like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So okay, and now you say that's a frustrating right there. Um, plus, you can't use their combat abilities. I mean, it's kind of hard to even tell what their abilities are sometimes because so much is going on on the screen all at once, but. And then you get the, so I think the tank, or if you get the tank or the fire, either one, I think when you get the fourth core bot, um, the game's like, oh, also, because the, the fourth and fifth core bot don't have names, they don't have personalities, because they don't have cores. And that's when the game's like, oh, you see, now you have to switch the cores out of your other bots and put them into that one. So now Seth is the tank, or Duncan is the flyer, or Mac is the tank, or whatever. So now not only do you, can you not take everyone with you, you have to decide which ones you want to be have useful because when the ones that don't have cores in them can't be used at all. And that's also when I figured out that the if your core bot, whichever one it is, is is a high level bot or has really good really good gear and stuff, and it's a higher like my Seth was level twenty one or whatever. I think it was twenty one you cannot put cores from other bots in that are a lower level than that. So I literally could not use... Oh, I didn't know that. My, I could not use Seth unless I took off his gear, I think, and lowered his and lowered his level, maybe. I think that might have worked. So This is just too much for me here already. Yeah, I was going to say, the, okay, thing kinda, <laughs> the thing you kind of neglected to mention about the whole core system is you get gear... Mm-hmm. Like upgradable gear, upgradable parts for these yes, cores, sorry, yes. and yes. there the leveling system is done by like the little pieces that you collect after you defeat um, enemies. There's pieces, and then there's also the cores, which you know you can use to like upgrade their actual levels. So you upgrade their gear, you upgrade their levels, and yeah, it can be a little little overwhelming because the more bots you get, you're like, well, how do I distribute? So I just sort of like went to like a blanket, like okay, I'm gonna get everybody to level X, and then in their stats, and then move on. level up their stats with cores you collect as well um oh yeah that's what i meant like yeah you, yeah yeah you you basically like this way they were a little bit more evenly balanced because they, they, I, I, you know honestly though like once i got um 
Duncan, like, I really didn't use the dog anymore because the dog serves, like, little to no purpose as far as, like, traversal stuff goes. So it's like, well, why yeah, even have um, the dog? I like the dog's combat ability. Me but, too. Yeah, he's, but he's useless um, unless you want to just dig for stuff sometimes. Um, that which is often actually it turns out you've got to dig all the freaking time <laughs> oh no once you get once you get the third uh bot basically you don't ever need to dig again like it just becomes a thing that doesn't need to happen anymore which is like yeah weird no. weird design choice yeah it's almost like it's almost like they they're like oh we don't have enough time to add stuff into the game <laughs> <laughs> but the, so. do the dog thing actually kind of threw me out. Like, I really like the idea of Mac, but then also he'd be like doing stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm like totally lost because we're in another desert. Does Mac know what we're doing? Mac does not know what we're doing. <laughs> he's just a dog. He's For following you around. He's happy to, he's happy <laughs> he's to be with you. Yeah, yeah, he's you... like, look over here, guys. I'm a dog. And you're like, oh, is this a thing? Nope, it's not a thing. Nope. Nothing over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I think I found something. Oh, no, this is. Nope, nope. Thankfully, his his animation for doing it not not too super long at all. It doesn't yeah. take forever, and then he's like, "Oh, nothing here." Yeah, <laughs> um, just tilts his head slow... quizzically at you, and yeah, yeah, you move on. Slowly walk over there, fucking asshole. <laughs> Bad dog. Yeah, he knew Bad dog. He knew, he knew beforehand. Michael, what was your favorite core? Uh, probably Duncan. He was the one I mainly used in combat, but I mean, none of them are super great. I'd say. He was he was hit or miss for me because his ability I, sometimes he would just miss and then he would just be stuck into the animation forever and I couldn't you can't switch out between them when they're in their middle of their attack animation yeah um but yeah he I think I I don't know maybe I got to the I point mean, where I just left Seth Seth in the flyer and Duncan in the tank because those were the easiest ones to get around with oh yeah yeah the uh can't, you can't, the fly, you, you kind of had to have the flyer with you sometimes too, and then I don't know the tank. I didn't, I didn't like the tank at all. I didn't. I just it felt garbage to drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, yeah, it was. But the yeah. the open world is so big and empty. You kind of needed to get around to save your sanity. As Jason yeah. kind of glossed over it. You don't actually find gear. You find blueprints for gear. Oh yes, yes. And you need very specific things from the the enemy drops, but each enemy only drops like one or two things, and they are there's a literal page in your inventory of all the amount of items you can gather. Oh yeah. You, uh, this game has crafting everyone. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. This game also has crafting. Yep. 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 Yeah. See, see, like I said, there's yeah. just too yeah. much going on with this game. Like so they much. did not need all of this. Yeah. But it's, it's so funny. Much. And then all this, all the screens and their tiny little texty. I had to like, this is another game where I'm not, I'm not that old, but I had to get up and like go to the TV and be like, what's happening over here <laughs> on this yeah, tiny was, little square, on this yeah. tiny screen. Yeah. Yeah. When I played it on TV instead of a monitor, it definitely was not super well optimized for a TV for like modern TVs. <laughs> it was, it, which is an issue that was happening in 2006. So mm -hmm. and this game it came out 10 years later. So yeah. And you know, so I, planned. yeah, I did actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I played it one night um, in bed on uh, my uh, non-4K TV. It's only like 37 inches, which, you know, I would have killed somebody for when I was, you know, 12, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and I played it on my uh, my Series X, or no, my, my One X that is sort of just, you know, been regulated to the bedroom now is my secondary Xbox. And I actually had a lot easier time reading shit. So it, it, it's like the HDR, like, really screwed things up. Like, it didn't have as many issues reading it now that I'm thinking about it. Mm. Like the opposite of the first Dead Rising, trying to play that on a oh, standard God. edition <laughs> that's a, that's TV. A, that's the game that came to mind too when I said like 2006, because that's like that game is legendary for yeah. being impossible to read. Yeah, yeah. I was like one of like oh, the 
only people I knew that had an HD TV, and it was a CRT HD TV. So, wow, ow, <laughs> wow, yeah, <laughs> widescreen 720p, baby, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> fancy, and it was 32 uh, inches and weighed about 220 pounds. <laughs> so, Jason, do you have a favorite Corbot, uh, by the way? Uh, yeah. just the, the dog. I, I found the dog at least like kind of charming. Um, yeah. Although I did like um, Seth's like it's an absolute chicken shit of climbing, and then you force it to do these like crazy aerial stunts. Yeah, I I gave him a I found a uh, a head for him that had a pinwheel hat and goofy glasses on it, and that's what he wore the entire time I was playing with okay. him when I had it. Um, I think I got a I think I got it from doing one of the dungeons. There's an optional dungeons in this game, by the way. I can talk about that in a second. But I said, what's your favorite core? What's your favorite core bot? Before we, before I get of the, of the, two, of the two I met, mine oh, definitely the dog. But I, I I also I agree with Jason that I think it's fun that like Seth is like you know the guy's like oh he's scared of everything. You're like okay Seth ready to jump across this giant hole onto this one <laughs> small platform in the middle of the pit of death. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, and he, you know and he does it. You know that's what you, it's all you can ask. He does do it. I imagine he's him like friend. internally screaming the whole time he's doing it, just like. Ah! Yeah, so did you dabble in the in the in the in the side dungeons at all? By the way, yeah. by accident. Only <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because I got lost them because he's like, oh, I need more prism prism cores to get open this door. I guess and so I'd like walk around and be like, here's a like you know, I'd be like, oh yeah, this game has a way like a way marker for me to help know where I'm going, and they'd be like, oh, this is a this is a dungeon. Guess I'll finish this dungeon. It's like, oh, didn't need to do that dungeon. Oh, this other place is a dungeon. <laughs> So I said, to, like, finally, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna find a walkthrough and see what are the like, what should I, what should I be doing? Like, I like, I wish I think when you said it earlier, where like I wish that it wasn't so open and it would just like tell me where to go and like there could be dungeons there. I'm happy to do the dungeons if they just tell me this is a dungeon you must do. Carry on that way. Huh. <laughs> uh, also, for the Divinity Edition, uh, the map added displays for collectibles. Um, speaking of map stuff. Um, all shows all visual parts of dungeon maps, which I don't even know what that means. It just sounds like what uh, there, you just couldn't see parts of the map in a dungeon. Um, and the objective markers improved, and not natural, and you know overall improvement. Uh, I do wish they <laughs> actually let you put a waypoint marker down somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh God, I'm curious to see what the map looks like, not in the definitive edition, if it added markers and stuff. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to see what this game originally looked like. Um, just out of morbid curiosity. Um, I see. I did the, I did, I think I finished three of the optional dungeons. I did two of the combat ones and one of the traversal ones. And I actually kind of liked the first traversal one. I know Michael, you said you hated the platforming. I've heard there was a moment when I was like having a decent time with it. Um, Cause I liked third person platforming and this, and it was okay for a second <laughs> in this game. <laughs> And then they and then did the second traversal dungeon you come across in I think the third area, and uh, it lets you go in there without uh, the flyer bot, even though you need the flyer bot for it <laughs> to uh, to do it. So that was a choice. Um, and it's like there's literally you get you get halfway through and you're like I literally how do I even get past this because I didn't know there was a flyer bot in the game at that point, um, which you get hours later and. That's when I was like, that's, that's that's when I broke with the platform. You're like, ah, this fucking sucks. It's just, it's just lasers and um, really bad hit scan. Like the, there are multiple times when I you, I jumped near an obstacle obstacle and it registered me getting hit by it and just launched me and dropped me into a pit. So um, 
Yeah, it wasn't great. Jason, I know you don't you don't even like third person platforming at all. No, no. Um, those, yeah. those sections were nearly held to me. I was just like, oh god, <laughs> like e- even a good one, like Mario Odyssey and stuff, like I just I get I don't want to say bored, but I get bored and just uninterested very easily. And it's uh those ones where you were just like having to like jump and dash and barely can tell where you're landing. Now, granted, I will give this game it seems very generous with your landing area, like give like not generous, like forgiving. I, there was more than a couple times I thought, like, I am just a hair over it. No, it, it, it let me land just fine. So I, I, I will give the game credit for that, at least. Yeah, it was. It, def- it definitely. And I think it, like, um, pulled me towards some obstacles, too, a little generously at times. Or, like, ledge, ledges I could grab on. So I appreciated that for, like, scaling things. Um, uh, also, the dungeons have, like, optional objectives in them. Uh, which if you do them, you get more stuff at the end of it. But you have to, you have to, and there's one, and one in the last item you get is for doing all of the optional objectives in the same run, mm-hmm. um, which I did in the first traversal dungeon and then the other two adventure dungeons I did. I did eventually do that. But um, once I got to the, the second traversal dungeon, I'm like, this is not even fun. I don't even want to finish this one time. <laughs> and uh, let alone however many times it take me to do that. I, and the adventure ones, um, only because they were, they're short, you just walk into an arena and fight wave after wave after wave of enemy until a, bo- a boss-ish enemy comes up and then you're done. So it was a little easier to do over and over again. And I liked the combat the most out of all the pil- the, the three pillars of this, this game <laughs> um, of platforming, but exploration and combat. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to uh, think of anything else we haven't really touched on jason is there anything we haven't really touched on in this game at all uh i can't really think of anything i think we've i think we've gotten kind of the base of it like um i i i know normally we kind of move on to the sound so i'm just gonna like clip in real quick yeah. here like the soundtrack was fine like it, it was you know it worked my issue was when you got out of combat there is no like gradualness back into the like the main theme that, that should be playing at the moment it is just like you know the, the battle music and then like as soon as it the game triggers that it's done it just cuts off that note you're like oh okay that's cool <laughs> which i thought was a weird design choice yeah uh, i don't even i don't even remember any of the music in the game yeah, <laughs> it, it wasn't until after i beat the game and i was like thinking about it was there music in this game because i i couldn't <laughs> yeah. remember anything that's, that's kind of where i'm at too it's like is there music in this game i'm the is guy that just... has to pay attention to that stuff and even i was like nothing sticking out i mean it wasn't like i was paying attention to it it was just a matter of like there is nothing like that catches me at all and now our favorite segment of the show vanessa what was your favorite vanessa's favorite track on the soundtrack (laughs) what was it vanessa we know you 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 went and listened to the whole thing on youtube yeah yeah (laughs) i did i did actually pay attention a little bit of attention to the music because like so many things were shooting at you all the time randomly like ah like the music's changed where is it? What's shooting at me? Nothing's shooting at me. Am I okay? Did I evade them? Am I, am I, did I run far enough away for them that the music will change back? <laughs> the best part of video games when you know when you know you're not in combat because the music changes back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I found I found that to be like that was actually notable and a little bit frustrating because it made me nervous every time it happened because it's like I think though I don't see anything but you know everything like spiders pop up all the time and flying shit pops up all the time. <laughs> Uh, Vanessa, what was most what was the most frustrating thing to you in this game? And that you played the least of it. So, what was the thing? What 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 um, took you the most? To me, it was probably just like um, the the cell bot. I didn't love that, but also the combat I didn't actually like. So, I for, at first I was like, oh, it auto aims. That's great. And then I was like, oh, I can't. 
it auto switches also sometimes to the thing I'm not trying to aim at. That's not great. <laughs> so the combat I found a little bit frustrating. I, I, I like, I don't know. I, I appreciate it when a game makes me feel like I'm good at the game, but this game made me feel like I was button mashing, which I pretty much was. So that wasn't awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, but do you like, have a thing you like a, a like about the game? Like a standout thing? I, like, I, I really like this. I, I did like, um, I like the idea of the core bots, and I did like the core bots, and I thought it was fun. I did have a nice time once, like, once I got Seth. Like, that was cool, like, in, like, riding around those cool tracks and stuff, and I liked that. Um, surely there's something else. <laughs> uh, you don't need to, give, <laughs> need to give me one thing. You don't have to. You don't have to like force it. Yeah. I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind the way that the, the the character jewel controlled. Like I thought the double jump and the dash was nice. Yeah, I, I liked that about it. I wish the dash. I wish the dash was And I, I like the idea of the color the color gun. Yeah, it's it was kind of it was easy enough to switch between. Um, yeah. Didn't take too much thought. It was literally just match the color with whatever you're fighting, mm-hmm. um, and they didn't really dig. They didn't really go too far with that to mix it up for you but it was it was fine enough question when um, you had like a purple one were you supposed to use either red or blue against that i think so yeah. okay that's how i looked yeah. at it that's what yeah. i and thought could, too. okay yeah the enemy could switch between either of those colors too whenever it felt like it okay yeah um i'll, I'll, I'll go next was a, was a good thing and a bad thing a uh, uh, positive and a negative a uh, negative i had I, the combat it reminded me of the, the amount of stun locks in this game drove me at fucking ends. I hate mm-hmm. stun locks. I hate stun locks in games. And this is and the enemies are just shoot nothing but things that will stun lock you all the time. You can and you can get stun locked into oblivion immediately and just get killed. <laughs> um, death is very forgiving in this game, and but it's still frustrating when you it's like you when you feels like you just got screwed by the game. Yeah, I don't know um, if there's actually really any any actual penalty for death, is there? No, I thought I'd think of walking back to where you were. Well, yeah. <laughs> Playing longer. I don't know. So. <laughs> ouch, man. Ouch. General yeah. <laughs> so. sadness. <laughs> I, did, I didn't hate this game. I, I, well, the positive thing is like this game, in, at, when it, at its best, reminded me of like the PS2 era, which is what I grew up with. That's my nostalgia era, is PS2 era. Um, and it reminded me of some of the 3D platformers from, from back then. And three action platformers. Uh, so there was moments when I'm like, I can, I, there's a game here that I would love. I know it's in there somewhere, but this is not that game. Uh, uh, Michael, give me a positive and a negative for this game. See, uh, it's kind of complicated because I think I like some of everything in this game, but I also hate some of everything in this game. Okay, okay. Because, like, exploring is kind of fun, going out looking for the prismatic cores to a point, but the... Like we said, you can't just swap between the core bots. You have to go back to the fast travel and put the core into the empty frame and then go back because you need that specific ability. So it kind of hurts that aspect of it. The combat's fun when it works. <laughs> well said. Balancing, balancing yeah. seems to be an issue because you can just be cruising along and then die in two hits because of said stun lock. And the platforming is fun. Like Vanessa said, it controls super well. But then in the tower, it just cranks it up to 11 and you've got the whole sweaty palms thing going on. And finally get through a floor and realize I've been holding my breath for the last five minutes. <laughs> Your wife like, honey, 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 breathe, 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 breathe. Breathe. <laughs> You're blue. Yeah. And you pass out. Okay. <laughs> 
So like I would find myself going through minutes like, man, I'm really digging this. And then something really shitty would happen. He's like, God, I do not want to keep playing. Oh, this is kind of fun. Oh, man, this sucks. God, you know what, yeah. Michael? I think I think I'm right there with you because there were mm. times I was like, there is something like enjoyable here. I'm having a decent time with this. And then something stupid happens like those enemies with the flames that encircle mm-hmm. and just hit, hit, yeah. hit. And I'm like, I can't like, you know, I sit there and dash to put myself out. Then immediately land on another flame. And then I'm like, oh, just fuck this game. I give up. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel like we're right. In the, we're all on the same wavelength right there with like this. It's like this game is the epitome of what positive and negative. It's <laughs> yeah. like give, give me positive and negative. Just pick a thing in this game, and you can find it. It's, yeah, uh, you can pick one thing, yeah. and there's a positive and negative for it, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Jason, got you? Get you got anything? Uh, the negative, I would definitely say, like uh, you know, the, I, I have to kind of echo your sentiment on the sun locking, and just in general the bigness of the game this game did not need to be this big nor this long i think they could have trimmed it down quite a bit and it would have been a uh, much more enjoyable experience as far as enjoying it goes i think the thing i liked the most was like when the combat clicked it felt really great it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. it wasn't like you know challenging particularly but it was just like it made me feel like i was doing something well enough that i was like okay i got this like there's there, i have to think a little bit but it never really like pushed me where i was like shit i can't do this until it got cheap and like suddenly just like I was getting killed left and right for no apparent reason. And then all of a sudden I would go back in and slaughter these same enemies with like no effort whatsoever. I, I don't, I, I just could not get the handle of like what I was doing differently that last time versus the other 16 times before I got the shit kicked out of me. There, there was like some sort of like, like tapering, right? Because I feel like I would die and I go and I'm like, Oh, that only took like one minute this time. Like were they, they weren't like respawning all the enemies, were they? If you took out a couple of them, I think they would re- I, I think they would not respond. So there is that little bit of a tapering thing, but it's just a matter of like, you know, sometimes I'd be fighting the same one and it would just kick the shit out of me. Like a couple of bosses here and there. I was just like, why, 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 why do I have to do this again? Okay. Victor. Full cutter. That's how I feel. That's that. That was the one I died mm, on a lot. Yep. Which one is that? That was full cutter. Uh, it's at the end of the, the mission called departure. That was my first wall too, because it's, this big enemy who can send out the fire waves like Jason is talking about. It's got little hell bats that'll steal away your 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 friend robots. Uh, is that, I, hate, uh, I hate those uh, hell bats. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I, I, I remember. I'm remembering that. I just don't remember what it looked like. They all look like animals. You remember what animal it was? It's like kind of crab-like. Um, okay. Yeah, like a big, like a spider <laughs> like yeah, spider okay, robot yeah. crab. <laughs> that's like that's isn't that like right before the cutscene where. Homeboy dies. The other, the only other character in this game is that. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Vanessa. One of yeah. my only friends. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's I've got news dead. for you. We'll was he be, to the end? Was he, was he mysteriously alive? Was he, he was mad? mysteriously alive in the stinger. Oh man! He tells is, he the, is he actually the villain? Because that'd be a fun twist. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, no. So no fun twist. Sorry. So after the credits, it cuts back to Jules Crawler, and the screen flickers on, and it's Kai. He's like. Jewel, I, I'm a, I made it. I'm beyond the sands, and you've got to see this because, of course, they thought they were going to get a sequel. And then, and then it just cuts cuts back to the title screen. They could have got a sequel. If they yeah, trim this down a little bit. Oh, yeah, they just held that mm-hmm. held back a little bit. If this was like a really cool like six hour game, I think they would have had a big a big hit. Honestly, oh totally, mm-hmm. yeah. Especially no. in the era of Game Pass, I think this game would have really taken off as soon as Game Pass kind of came around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, before we move on to um, our uh, listener questions, or listener comments, I should say, uh, I'm going to tell everyone what, what they added to the Definitive Edition, like, content-wise. 
Um, and I'm curious, Michael, did you do the Starving Sea, which was, a, was like a, basically an expansion of this game, a new area? I found it. I found the entrance to it. I didn't have Seth, so I couldn't go and never went back. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think I'm right there with you. I think I remember yeah. finding it, but I never actually went there. Yeah, that's when you find out like there's a cult that follows Victor, a robot cult, and they are the ones that launch the missiles at the things in space, I think, um, at the people in space. But yeah, there's a whole other area in this game that no, no one here did. So No, I did. I, I, I got it started, and that's where I stopped, because I backed out of the Victor fight, figured I'd go try to level up, oh, and maybe that would help. Okay. I got there, and got a little ways into it, and just got real, like, okay, I think I'm I think I'm think done. What did it look like, Jason? Uh, like every other area in the fucking game. <laughs> I was going to say, was it a desert? Yeah, a <laughs> desert with some machinery floating around. Very cool. How <laughs> original. But yeah, this, they crystals, added... were, there, were there crystals? Uh, yes, there were plenty of prisms and stuff too. And um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All I can say is, uh, you guys, you know, I I went there and uh, jealous. <laughs> <laughs> As John Lovitz would say, jealous. <laughs> um, yes, very <laughs> jealous. Let's see, they added they added two new overworlds. 10 new dungeons. They added those dynamic sandstorms that happen after you beat Victor um, in the game, which I never saw because I didn't play long enough. Uh, They're not great. No. This one, this this one's cute. I didn't, I missed this. Okay, it says three new weapon modes for Jules' energy rifle. Switch to these instead of the charge shot. Does that mean the color switching thing was not in the game originally? Is that what I'm getting oh, out of that? Of, if you hit RB, you could do the charge shot. It sounds like it's something that replaces that, but I sure didn't find it. Three new weapon modes. That just tells... Because you get three colors, right? It's red, blue, and mm-hmm. uh, yellow. Were those not in the game before? Maybe maybe, maybe, you're, maybe <laughs> There's you're, no way. Maybe your core bots were, were the colors before. Oh, man. Because the white one will just do damage to everything. It's just if you switch over to the same polarity or color or whatever, um, it will do more damage. I do feel oh, like... No. even Even without the... Uh, extra damage thing just the act of like switching between colors made the combat more interesting yeah it would, it would be way it'd be super boring if it was just the mm-hmm. white just not not even with the the hard enemies thing just no yeah. they added something new according to the tv tropes page uh the dlc adds three additional charge shots a powerful laser a multi-energy grenade style shot and one that targets what? multiple enemies what the shit where were these <laughs> That's amazing. I, never got, I never got any of those what <laughs> I beat it and I didn't get any. <laughs> beat, All right, maybe well, you beat, maybe you have to beat the starving sea to get that stuff. Oh that god, yeah. no way uh, to find out. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm we'll trying never to think know. Any, any, there's a bunch of like quality life improvements too. Um, it could use more. Oh, apparently the stash transfer swap cores in companion setting was not at the fast travel points. So you had to get back to the sand. Oh god, <laughs> woof! Holy. <laughs> They also added more fast travel nodes. Modes? Oh, uh, nodes, nodes. Oh, okay. I thought you said modes. I was like, what? Oh, and apparently, you couldn't warp to them anywhere on the map. Oh, before. okay. That's horseshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm glad we played this version of the game. Guys. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, uh, the original actually, version of this game sounded rough. They yeah. increased the they increased the level cap up to forty. Anybody wow, have so any clue what level cap or what level you were at? I was in the twenties. Like Ten. I think Maybe. I was in the 20s, too. I don't know. Wait, me? Um, as a person, could I have a level or just my bot? <laughs> well, you, you you leveled. Yeah, your gun leveled up. Oh, then no idea. Not a clue. Okay, uh, last note here, guys. Yeah, yeah, your gun levels up, but that's your level. Yeah, your gun That's because Jewel is the gun. Yeah. Jewel is the gun. This is Mega Man's origin story, actually. Um, 
uh, fun, fun little one to end here. Dialogue from Corbots and Violet is no longer in the Corbot language and is now readable. So, oh, so it was just gibberish before? So you couldn't, those audio logs were literally just gibberish. Just screaming at you for 30 seconds. God. Um, I, I would have just taken, I, I just would have hit her with the butt of my rifle, like the first, like, she's like, up, get away with the freaky little robot. And on that note, <laughs> let's move on to listener questions. <laughs> listen to comments feedback, here. Feedback, feedback. Yeah, feed listener feedback here. Or we we posted in our in Reddit, not our Reddit, in Reddit on the on the Recore page um, to see if anyone had anything to say about Recore. Uh, all these years later, was it six years later almost? Um, Getting there, yeah. Yeah, and I, I can read both of these unless someone's dying to read them as well. I can read uh, one to save you, save you a little uh, voice there if you want. You, would you like the first or second one, David? Uh, just tell me which name and I'll read it. Uh, you can read uh, uh, Destiny Bolty. Destiny the first Bolty. one. All right. Yeah. Honestly, there's not much to say that you don't get from playing the game itself. It's an amazing game that suffered from bad marketing and a theme that didn't stand out from Horizon Zero Dawn anthems and destinies of the world it's a great single player experience in a time where people were more interested in playing with their friends and it's a beautiful game that suffered from some unfortunate bugs that weren't able to be fixed in time for some people it's destined to be a cult classic and i hope people continue to quote unquote discover this game after this long um i i I think this person's getting their wish because i think a lot of people might at least open it up and give it a shot because of game pass yeah we did discover this game after this long so, so I actually just recently sold my copy. I had bought it like stupid cheap and I it, I left it sitting on like my eBay store page for a long time and somebody finally bought it and I was like, oh, good. Okay. And because I was like, it's on Game Pass. Why do I need this on my shelf anymore? I thought you were going to say a lot of people are going to discover it because of this episode. Oh, no, no. Surely yeah, I, not. No, I believe so. I believe so. <laughs> so I was going to take credit. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I could be of some use. Yeah. <laughs> now, with all our Legion of Listeners, we'll now be playing Recore. Um, well, based on the way we've talked about it, I don't think anybody's going to be trying it. <laughs> and that, you want a challenge. And that Maybe brings it's me. Free. Oh, yes. You're right, Vanessa. It is quote unquote free. Yes. It's like, right. yes. Um, that leads us into our final comment from Taufei. I don't know if I pronounced that right. That's what I'm going with, though. Uh, Record the Definitive Edition, all in quotes, is a story-focused one-person game that if you take your time and go through it with the story in mind, will allow you several hours of fun, challenges, and a great storyline. There are several areas of the game that could have been improved before marketing, but as it stands now, that will not happen. Yet, they did not detract from the scenery, motion capture artistry, and sheer poetry that is this game. There is much misinformation regarding this game, and it does tend to upset those, those of us who like and love this storyline. Huh? Podcasters, also in quotes, ooh, who, for, ooh, who, who, shots for, fired. Who, who for some re- who for some reason see it as their function to poke fun at anything they deem inferior or <laughs> rampant, and, and do not make up more than a small percentage of those who have actually played this game. Yet their vocal nature lends itself to pushing others from trying this wonderful game. Well, this guy's got if our fucking wanna, number. 
Okay. You want we, we've know, heard you to try this game. <laughs> if you want to know, if you want to know more about Recore for your podcast, read the books available free under the quote unquote, the quote unquote fan fiction tab. They tell the full story, as seen through my eyes. It will allow you to experience what we fans of Recore have each time have each time we open a new game. Did KJ Inafune write that? <laughs> this is KJ Inafune, no, no doubt this, about it. This, that was, that's exactly what I wanted out of when we, when we posted in the Reddit. This is, like, this is the kind of stuff that I wanted. Um, <laughs> Somebody could bat it with, with, our, with yeah. our very nature of what we do. <laughs> yeah, just really, get into the, really getting us at the core of what, we, what we're all about. Okay, here, um, here's the thing. I don't mind a game where the story is kind of meshed into like lore pickups and stuff like that. I don't mind that at all. But when the rest of the like, the act of playing the game has this many frustrations, I'm not going to sit there and dig into it because at some point I stopped caring. And this kind of hit that thing because like th- there is so much lore in the original Mass Effect and the other Mass Effects that you pick up through secondary conversations, through, uh, you know, just codex entries, stuff like that. I was happy to do that. Um, you know, Elder Scrolls is littered with those things. And I think they do a fantastic job because there are literal books you can read in that in those series. This, on the other hand, there is just, I feel like there's just not enough compelling me to look into it a little further. Oh, my dad went off to space. I got put in cryo sleep. I landed here and what happened? Everybody dead. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I feel like the story's pretty easy to, to parse out 30 seconds into the game. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. The, yeah. the robots killed it. I mean, maybe I didn't think they killed everyone necessarily. Everyone was already just dead. Or something but, happened, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously something bad I thought happened. something happened. I, did, I didn't get that the robots killed them, but I did know something bad happened. Yeah, they're all dead. Um, it's uh, it's pretty cool they could repurpose this plot for Mass Effect and drop it up, though. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically the same thing. Holy shit, okay. Okay, Michael, you're, you're welcome on board anytime now. Okay. <laughs> That's what I, and for all you listeners out there, you can feel free to read my Mass Effect Andromeda review. <laughs> I'll post a link in the show notes, baby. Yeah. Um, Woof. Yeah. All right, guys. And on that note, um, Vanessa, what are your final thoughts on Record? Would you recommend I'm happy it? happy to. No. I'm happy to leave this like leave this behind forever and never have to think about it again. But I'm happy that some people out there had to have a nice job with this game because I feel like it had there was probably something special there and it just was not for me. Agreed. Jason? Um, I'm going to say if you like action platformers like this, it, it's worth a shot if you have Game Pass. If you have to pick it up on your own, I would say it's not. You know, I, I'm not trying to be combative with uh, Tal Fei here or anything, but... <laughs> this is a very basic game with a lot of fluff added to it that just didn't need to be there. I, I said it at the top of the show, and I've, I, I think I've even mentioned it in our Slack chat and even to DMs uh, to you on Twitter, Michael. There is a, I hate myself for saying it again, but a core of a good game here that is just buried in so much oh, stuff that does not need to be there. Double pun, I like it. It's buried in sand. I love it. See? That's a good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so much sand. Yeah. I hate sand. <laughs> I, 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 did, I think the sand moved nicely when you when you dashed over it. I'll say that. I there was a, yeah, a nice little ripple effect. Yeah. There, there. we said yeah. something positive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Michael is our esteemed guest. Uh, you clo- I st- I'll, let you, I'll let you go last because you, you're so esteemed. Um, <laughs> uh, Record. God, I wish I liked you more. There's, uh, I really wanted to. 
Um, you remind me of a lot of a lot of better games. And there is a good game. There's a really good game. It's at least a solid game, buried deep under all your mechanics. Um, but sometimes, you know, you don't need to keep throwing ingredients into the pot. So sometimes the soup is good. It's just it's, sometimes the soup is fine. Uh, so, and also, I apologize anyone listening if this was too negative a podcast, especially if you're all Recore fans. I I, w- I love it when we're all sometimes, but sometimes you know, the, the masses are right. I'm so, <laughs> the majority is some is, is right. Look, I uh, love State of Decay too. Okay, I am never going to sit there and tell anybody that it's the best game ever made. I adore that game, but that game is a janky ass mess. Okay, but I love it. And I'm not going to sit there and tell anybody that it's like, you know, you have to play this. It's the best uh, like survival game ever made. It's not, but I love it. And it's okay to like things that aren't good. It's perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. Agreed. For the record, Banjo-Kazooie is a great game. Oh, God. Get, okay, I'm pulling the plug on this podcast. We're done. We're done. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, Jason, Michael, please give us your final thoughts and what you recommend this game to anyone. I have very conflicting feelings on this subject. Because I agree with everything you guys just said, but I can kind of sum it up with when you were talking about there being a whole DLC area that I hadn't seen, I kind of sighed because I know that I'm going to load this up sometime this week and go check that out. Oh, you masochist. <laughs> so, so there's something there that I that I love enough to go back to it. But man, yeah. do I echo all the frustrations we just talked about, too. Yeah, man. Yeah, it is a solid six out of ten game. Yeah, there you go. I, 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 right there with you, Michael. It just for me, it just there is. I, I don't want to say such a good game, but there is a like a solid like seven point five, a solid eight buried in this game that is just dying to get out and just got sucked into quicksand basically with all the extra mechanics and bullshit that they added onto it. Well, the, yeah, use, the quicksand is actually pretty slow in this game. Yeah, you oh, gotta yeah. use max <laughs> to get out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta use a drive. Yeah, you gotta the tank on it too. <laughs> Fun stuff. Yeah, you got it. God, falling in that sand, and then it just takes you, you. You're never gonna get out of it. It just takes fucking ever to get. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just slurp uh, me down and kill me. <laughs> yes. Just kill me. Just kill me so I can restart this platforming. Jesus Christ. Uh, and on that note, <laughs> I've, said a lot, I've said that a lot this episode. You know, trying to segue back into things. Um, if you loved this podcast, <laughs> I can't see why you would. Uh, Unless you're on it, and you want to hear more of us, uh, you can and you can donate to our Patreon, and where we uh, add games and junk. Uh, that's how it works on Patreon. It's at right. Yeah, it's no, it's just Patreon.com/slash games and junk. Slash games and junk. Patreon.com/slash games and junk. You can donate. Uh, three bucks a month to get a handy dandy podcast feed with higher quality audio for all of our podcasts. And what are the podcasts you might be asking? Well, you get this one, our game club, which we do monthly. You get Jason's excellent music podcast, Rock Out with Your Card Out, where he video talks about video game music. Yeah. Video game music podcast, where he talks about so much video game music all the time. And he's having a great time doing it. And people are having a great time listening to it. Uh, you can also listen to Multimedia Failure, a show where we rank every video game, almost every video game movie ever made against each other arbitrarily. And it's, it's a thing. It's a time. It's a thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's a thing. Uh, it's a good time. And, and 
<clears throat> if you donate five dollars a month to that Patreon, you get a special shout out on the show. Jason, who are we shouting out this month? Well, uh, it's a little uncomfortable because uh, three people here are doing that, so um, <laughs> it always makes it a little awkward, especially when the yeah. uh, especially when we have another person that's donating. But yeah, so uh, have to shout out to my two co-hosts here, Vanessa and John, as well as Alex Messenger, Josh Carpenter, Eric, Nathan Cooper, and uh, our esteemed guest, Michael Hughes. Oh, thank you, Michael. No uh, we have other tiers as well. One dollar gets you, gets you uh, a handy dandy little name in our Discord, which is which is public. So if you if you love us, also join our Discord. Um, Ten dollars a month, you can pick a topic and uh, for any of the shows. And for twenty dollars a month, you can do that as well as be on the show. And Michael, let let everyone know how great that was, please. I I would recommend it. You should do that. These guys <laughs> are they're lots of fun. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. And on that note, any last words to say on record before we get out of here? I look forward to the. Rock out with your card out episode on Record covering this amazing soundtrack. Yep, me too. Me too. That's uh, kind of wait. Kiss my ass. Kiss my ass, the three of you. <laughs> and, on, and, for, and yet again, on that note, so long, everyone. Thank you for listening. Have a garbage day. <laughs>